0: Violence and warfare are not problems for one culture or for one time. Even though mankind has progressed in multiple arenas, we still can't quite figure out how to get along. Countless solutions to violence in society have been proposed, but they only provide surface-level treatments or short-lived remedies. None provide a long-lasting or permanent solution. And somehow, in the middle of the mess is the kingdom of God.
1: Christians of all stripes seek to live lives informed by the Bible. But as we've talked about in other episodes, that is more easily said than done. After all, the Bible is an ancient collection of books that were written in a different time and place than modern-day America. But how do we apply ancient wisdom to the incessant problem of warfare and violence?
0: In this episode, we ask, what are the views of violence in the New Testament versus the Old Testament? Can the biblical narratives of local warfare help us to navigate sociopolitics given the global scale at which war can now be waged? All that and more on this edition of the podcast.
1: We're a forum for discussion on the issues that are ruminating in the minds of churchgoers, but that are often not raised from the pulpit. Too long has the church shied away from grappling with
0: tough questions and nuanced issues. We're your hosts. I'm Richard Alameda. I'm Lucas Manning. Welcome to Questions from the Pew, where faith and culture meet. now of our warfare series or our violence and warfare series
1: yeah continuing the conversation yep. yeah should be good how are you
0: yeah doing okay nice doing okay you know the semesters winding down so sure. just a lot of a lot of work um but yeah generally, generally, generally okay how are you
1: yeah yeah not doing too bad I mean just living life it rained here in Denver which is uh <laughs> usually nice so that was nice <laughs> it doesn't rain does here. it rain heavy over there no, not really. Usually, it, when it rains, it'll just rain for like an hour, and then it's done. Like oh. it doesn't. Like in the Midwest and Chicago and Michigan, it's like it could be raining for three days straight, and it's just that's like a deluge. <laughs> yeah, but here in Denver, just a few spits, a few spits oh. of rain. All right, shall, shall we jump <laughs> in? Let's jump in to the rain of violence that war is. Wow, <laughs>
0: you like that? Like yeah, that? Segway? that was a good segue. Thank you. On that note, (laughs) question one. (laughs) A question from the pew. Question one. What are the views of violence in the New Testament versus the Old Testament?
1: Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, we said this last episode, but... I mean, the Bible assumes violence is bad, and right. unhelpful, and evil, yeah. and the yeah. result of. In both testaments. Yeah, both testaments, they, it assumes that. Uh, so I mean, that's I mean, that's where we could start. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what you want to say. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think the dichotomy of like, um, you know, a violent God in the Old Testament versus a peaceful Jesus in the New. I, I don't yeah. think it holds up. Sure. Um, because even though there is violence and warfare in the old testament you know um even if it is commanded by god i think ultimately in terms of a a broad view of the narrative those were um i mean the ideal is still peace and god is still responsible um for the the ceasing the cessation of war you know when when all is made right, that sort of thing. And we find those ideas yeah. in the Old Testament as well. Yeah. So you can't say that, you know, the Old Testament is okay with violence and a violent God. Right. Well, the New Testament isn't. For sure. I think it's pretty much, um, we'll get to into this later, but, like, they're just different contextual, they're different um, settings. And so they they come at the question of warfare and violence from, two different uh, starting points.
1: Yeah. Are you talking about the Old and New Testament?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think, think. I d- you know, overall though, um violence is not seen as a as a good solution or no. yeah.
1: No. Well, that's yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's such an interesting question. And once again, cuz people will push back so much on the conquest of, you know, Canaan by the Israelites, which mm-hmm. I I actually understand. But to your point, I mean, let's just say, let's just forget about that for one second and we can come back to it later. But, like, bes- for- just forget it. Besides, like, that the conquest of the land, you know, the promised land, you'd be hard pressed to find at least warfare specifically, but also violence generally, to which God is, like, either one, doling out or two, uh, you know, I mean, I think this is never, but he's never excited. He never wants to do violence to people. I mean, a good, for instance, is Jonah is, you know, God doesn't want to, I mean, Jonah literally throws it in his face. He says, you're, you know, you're a merciful Mm, God mm -hmm. and you don't, I know that you want to forgive these people and you don't want to, you know, wipe them out. That's why I don't want to preach. Yeah, literally. (laughs) So that I think is the core of God's, you know, character in the Old Mm -hmm. Testament, and then that's where, when we come to the conquest of Israel, of the land of Canaan, the promised land, you have to, one, it's you have to see it as an outlier because it is an outlier. And then, mm. two, you have to say, well, well, why is this here? You know, why, like, if this, if if God's nature and everything else, not you know, the vast majority of narratives and also things that the Old Testament will say about God is that he, yeah, he wants peace and he wants to bless, you know, all the nations and Yeah. Humans were made to just be, you know, conduits of his blessing and presence on in creation. It's like, if that's what he wants, then, you know, why is this here? Mm -hmm. And I talked about it a little bit in, in the last podcast episode of, you know, and I think you mentioned it too, of kind of just like clearing out the promised land of, you know, snakes and then like starting over again, you know, as an Eden, a new Eden, essentially a new place where God's presence and blessing can flow out of. Mm Um, and once again it doesn't hit our modern sens- sensibilities well um but i think i think we we give more empathy to stories that contain war or violence uh like in movies and books that we read in our modern context than we give to the bible <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah
0: yeah
1: um and yeah. i i do think a part of that is cuz it's you know maybe you know captain america doing violence against some bad guy Uh, you know, we don't think of that as actually happening in history, whereas, Mm. you know, uh, the Bible's, some of the Bible's, you know, bigger uh, events, like, you know, the conquest, and I guess you could even say the exodus in Egypt, uh, you know, you know, we, I guess for Christians, it seems important that these things are tethered in some way to reality, you know what I'm saying, Mm. whereas Captain America is not tethered to reality, Mm. you know, real way tangible way um and honestly bringing up egypt sorry i'm a little bit rambly here uh but it it does remind me of something that helped me this was actually the first thing that helped me uh in my understanding of violence in the bible is that violence from god or like commanded by god is always like reactionary in the sense of someone's being oppressed and mistreated and some a lot of times brutalized you know enslaved or or you know something worse so that's where a part of it we do have to see is God obviously his primary character trait is like he wants to bless and he loves and bring peace but then he has to deal like the problem is humans destroy other humans you know and that something Doing nothing is, you know, not loving in any way, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And so that's mm-hmm. where that was that was the first step on my journey of like mm. being I don't know if comfortable is the right word, but being okay with, you know, the violence, especially okay. in the old testament, but that I see in the Bible, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely violence is always a result, particularly particularly a result of sin. Yeah. Right? You there you can't say that I don't know if you can say that violence originates with God sure maybe I want to yeah I don't know if you can say that just because even like within the Old Testament narrative right like one the creation account doesn't start with violence Mm. so the 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 image of God that you see there as he's creating the world is one of order yeah um and not you know the chaotic violence of yeah yes that you'd normally see
1: Right. Well, and God's response a lot of times, even the biblical authors are a little bit... Like, they're hesitant to attribute violence to God. Mm. And that, like, a lot of it is, like... uh, I don't know if indirect's the right word, but... So, like, if you take the flood, for instance, which uh, that's, like, very specific divine violence, I think we'd all say, you know? (laughs) Like, you know, people getting wiped out. Um, But the flood is, like... uh, like within the framework of biblical authors and the biblical imagination, it's just God like letting go of the order. He's like, oh, if you want disorder, like,
0: oops, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let the world cave in. on Yeah, itself. if you want disorder, yeah.
1: like that's what you'll get, and like I'll just let the water, the waters that I'm keeping separated at all times, I'll just let them come back in, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's, and that's what uh, even the conquest of, of the land of Canaan, which is essentially viewed as a flood of justice through the land and the Israelites of the flood, uh, which may be makes us more uncomfortable when it's people who are the the, the <laughs> instrument, instrument of god's justice justice yeah, yeah. Uh, uh but either way like it's the same thing where the conquest is is portrayed as like this is a natural this is the natural end of what the canaanite's way of living was going to get to anyway so we're just speeding up the process and getting it over with you know what i mean uh because that's a lot of god's justice in the Bible is just letting, it's just like you, if that's what you want, that's what you get. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, which I think a lot of us would say, I don't know, like that's just, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I think, yeah, I think a lot of times our modern sensibilities, especially our modern Western, like comfortable sensibilities. I don't know. We don't like to see God doing that kind of a thing mm. or, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think a part of it is because, you know, we're kind of the recipients of of the geopolitical stage right now. You know what I'm saying? We're the mm-hmm. beneficiaries of some of the violence that has occurred over the last few hundred years. Um, so, yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah. No, yeah. I do. I, I do think it's indicative that the second sin recorded was one of violence. Right. Cain's murder of, of Abel. And and so it situates then it situates violence not within the character of God, but within the character of human beings. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're the ones who introduce violence mm. into uh, the created order. Right. Um, and I think obviously that 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 uh, that colors the way the rest of the narratives pan out uh, in yes. the in the prehistory and Genesis. Um, it's it's almost as if god it, it's almost as as if the biblical author is taking such great pains to separate god as much as possible from violence mm. yes um, yes and tying it to human beings yep. ultimately obviously it culminates in you know the evil that that produces the reaction of god in in the flood of noah yeah. but prior right. to that it's it's very much you know humans dealing violence to other humans and yeah. not God dealing violence to other God. Even in light of human violence, God doesn't react violently in those stages leading up to sure. uh, the flood.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, th- that's the interesting thing, too, is a, a lot of the, I guess, the violent acts attributed to God, like, for instance, the Passover, like the biblical authors go out of their way to be like, oh, it's actually the destroyer. This you know, mm. and who's who's the destroyer? <laughs> you know, we don't know. I guess some kind of divine type of being. Anyway, but like even they, even then, like in the Passover, they distance the the killing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Connected to came.
0: God, but not God himself. Yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah literally. Away.
1: They're just trying to say, essentially, they're trying to distance God from these acts, because I think even they know that it's not you know like you said violence doesn't originate with god you know what i'm saying um yeah i mean it's interesting well and even our categories of evil and good like uh like the hebrew words like ra or ra and uh tov it's like they're not really like moral words in the sense of like in jonah god like resents from ra or ra like mm-hmm. he 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 doesn't do evil, and it's like, well, yeah. obviously, like, like how could God do evil? You know, by yeah. but but for them, it's it's not like it's not our moral category. You know yeah. what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, it leans more of like a lot of times in terms of um, thinking about like disaster, yes, um, or calamity, yeah. right? Um, Which and the is like thing
1: with... disorder, basically, is right. yeah. is like being flooded back into the world. You know what right. I'm saying? And anyway.
0: it's the same thing with Tove, right? Like, goodness, you've got the, the moral yes. qualities, right, Sure. with that. But it's There's also— a moral like, aspect, for sure, I think. But right. But it also is the same word used when God says, I'm going to make things go well for you. It's yeah, like, this, yeah. generally speaking, life is going to go well for you. It's the same right. word. So, um Yeah. i I do i I do think like shifting over to the new testament though yeah right like if if we're going to compare the two views i think that that idea of violence not originating with god or being a part of god's um and you know nature character um, it's it's you see it very clearly in jesus who you know from you know from a faith stance is seen as the fullest revelation of who god is right so jesus was a man who who did not take up the sword Mm. rather he was killed um Mm. by violence yeah um and he took on the consequence um of human existence and human action
1: well that's yeah this i guess one of like the big things for me about jesus is like up until that point um like injustice and violence like the response or like the consequence has been like more violence Or, you know, uh, like, like justice comes upon those people, but then just more injustice follows because the people who take their place are just as bad, you know? So Mm
0: -hmm. for
1: instance, you know, the Canaanites, for instance, when the Israelites come in and they're a flood of justice and, you know, all the horrible things the Canaanites were doing stop. But then obviously Israel over time just becomes the next, you know, the next perpetrator of violence and evil and oppression. And so then, you know, Assyria comes in and takes out the northern kingdom of Israel. But then, obviously, they're just perpetrating just as much violence. And then Babylon comes in, you know, over Judah. And then, obviously, all the way down the line to Rome in Jesus' time. And it's every time that uh, injustice is, like, confronted and defeated, it's just replaced with more injustice and violence, you know. Mm. But then mm-hmm. what Jesus does is he, like, takes he takes God's justice, which you know, is confronting the violence and evil of the world. And then kind of like he does that, but he flips it on its head by he defeats it through submitting to the consequences of it. You know what I'm saying? The consequences mm-hmm. of evil and violence. And so that's where, I don't know, I, I guess to me, it's not so much that the New Testament, Old Testament have different views. It's more so that like the progression of the view is like finalized in like what Jesus does. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like we finally get there. Um, yeah. And yeah, so I don't know. I think it's beautiful in the way that it, yeah, like finally culminates. I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's definitely a, an emphasis on choosing the way of weakness, right? Choosing um, the way of peace. And mm-hmm. I think you said it in the previous episode, but not so much in the in terms of choosing to be passive, but yeah. it's an active choosing of not retaliating, yeah, yeah. Uh, right. or not acting. Um, in this way which can take a lot of strength in and of itself right so it's a it's a it's a it's a different way to assert your your strength uh, or power Um, yeah very much um, I guess ironically
1: (laughs) yeah well and it's almost uh, like it's more powerful like if you're able to like not retaliate with violence and like defeat it you know what I'm saying Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I'm just thinking of Jesus specifically. I'm not thinking of me doing this because, you know, I would submit to violence and get destroyed or whatever, <laughs> you know. But, like, I don't. to me it's like, oh, there's, like, a higher – there's a higher amount of power here if it's, like, I submit to the violence, but then, like, mm-hmm. you know, by rising from the dead, I, like, I defeat the consequences of it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which, I don't know. So that's – I don't know. It's great. And, uh, yeah, that's where the New Testament, it's, like, face value reading. It's at least easier than the Old Testament because, you know – you know, the church isn't out there conquesting, you know, the Roman Empire, you know, they're always the recipient of violence rather than the other way around. So, um, but yeah, I think it's easy because it's the culmination of where the old Testament was going in the first place, you know, and where God was wanting to take everything anyway. Um, but then we just get to Jesus and obviously he's awesome. I love Jesus this is kind of a little bit of an aside, but I feel like I've taken a break from the new Testament for like years and years of my life. Like I've only been focusing on the old Testament. (laughs) Like people ask me about the new Testament. I'm like, I have no idea. I don't know what's going on over there. Uh, but then I feel like I've just started to come back to the new Testament from like my exile into the old Testament. And I feel like everything is popping. You know what I'm saying? It's like incredible. Like all the, the ways that it's connecting and fulfilling. And so I don't know. It's, I think maybe everybody should do that but you don't have to but I don't know it's been really helpful for me (laughs) yeah
0: no that makes sense
1: yeah
0: (laughs) cool well shall we transition to question number two let's do it
1: a question from the pew all right (laughs) question two can the biblical narratives of local warfare help us navigate the socio-politics given the global scale at which war is now waged? Mm.
0: That's, a, that's a mouthful. That is a mouthful. <laughs> I wrote that question. I'll I'll take respons- full responsibility. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Who wrote
1: this one? This one's terrible. <laughs> no. no, I mean, it's a good question. I mean, the question is how, you know, how does these specific, you know, The context of war in the Bible is much different, although similar in the sense of, I mean, violence is just a, it's just discord. You know, it's a breakdown Mm -hmm. of human interaction unto the point of force. You know what I mean? Right. Um, So, I mean, violence is different now, but it's also the same. So how do we apply what we learn about in the Bible to the, you know, even given its differences to what's going on now, which I think is a great question.
0: Yeah, I guess I guess it, you got to take a step back, right, and try to ask, well, what is the Bible trying to teach me with these <laughs> right. war narratives? Was it yes. What is it trying to do? Yes. Is it trying uh, to
1: justify yeah. you know, genocide? No. Right. <laughs> I think it's what <laughs> it's not doing. Yeah. Anyway. And I
0: think that's the that's a that's a that's a difficulty that's particular to the Old Testament. Sure. Right, because that's where we find it. Yeah. Um, Again, we talked about how the New Testament is very much a an individual sort of thing. Like in at this point, Israel is living, at that point, Israel is living in in occupation or Judea sure. is living in occupation sure. um, under the Roman Empire. So it's not the same as what we find in the Old Testament. So it's right. largely an Old Testament concern or a sure. question. Um, and to that, I mean, I guess it's very, I guess to this particular question, um I guess my gut reaction, my initial reaction is like it it, it doesn't really yeah help us in in the way sure. that we expect it to in, in sure. like like the New Testament has a very ap- applicable day to day points that we can live out It's not the same with the Old Testament because one we're not in a theocratic state yeah, yeah. that's my All top right. <laughs> um my top uh reason why yes. um we are we are far from that uh we live as if we are you know we live in the reality of the kingdom of God, yes, but in terms of sociopolitics, yes. certainly not not the same agreed um, and then two, we talked about it previously already, but the the other side of this coin is the the theological side of things, right so we forg sometimes we forg when we ask these this kind of question, looking for application points in the Old Testament about how to wage warfare or whatever we forget about the theological side of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and the fact that these texts although communicating, you know, a um you know a, a reality uh, behind, you know, the text, these are edited works, later compiled and with a certain theological vantage point, um a theological yeah. lens. And that's what it's trying to help you see, right? So we're almost yeah. I don't know how clearly we can see A yeah, one-to-one application. Right. I yeah, don't know yeah, if yeah. you can get to that. Yeah. I mean, even yeah. Those I don't. Two things.
1: I don't think so. If you're looking for war guidance, you know, I don't think that. I mean, even yeah. like if you're a general, leaders or, of nations yes, don't. <laughs> you. Know, we have nothing for you. I'm sorry. Well, that's where it's like I'm. Sh- I'm sure there's a, like generals. They write like a, I forget what they're called, but they're just like. Basically, philosophies of war, you
0: know, warfare know. for dummies, <laughs> that, exactly. <laughs> you remember those books?
1: Yeah, I mean, they still exist. Oh, yeah, uh, I've never like read one, I don't know like what they're like, but anyway. Uh, so yeah, that's I don't think the Bible is trying to present a philosophy of war, you know what I'm saying? I don't think that that's a thing that it's interested in doing, um, but I do think it's interested in doing. Is shaping us into the kind of people, you know, who essentially oppose war and who, Mm -hmm. you know, work towards peace, you know, peacemakers, which I think we're going to talk about later in the series as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And from that perspective, it's like, well, then it has a lot to say. Um, But yeah, I don't know um, as far as like if you wanted to make a. Know, a doctrine of just war. I don't think it. I don't. Based on the Old Testament. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't think you're gonna find it.
0: Yeah, it's uh, almost as if yeah, it's a uh, the instances of warfare that we see there were um, regrettable like consequences or regrettable necessities in order to pave the way for the yeah. kind of peace of the kingdom of God that we see. Right. In the New Testament or were called to live out in the New Testament right Um, in yeah in some levels again it's not I wouldn't throw that over all the new all of the Old Testament but I think in large part um, that has something to do with it for sure
1: yeah I mean I mean there's lots of like uh, I don't know I mean there are like things to apply I'm even thinking about the new test New Testament specifically Mostly because I feel like our uh, our situation, I feel like, honestly, kind of wherever you go in the world, but just because I feel like in our situation, there's not too much that just one person can do. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Uh, so, like, for the Israelites, they're just under the thumb of Rome, so they have no input, you know what I mean, on, right. on how governance is done when we wage war. They have no input, you know. <laughs> there's, And I do feel... Obviously, it's great to live in a country where that's a democracy and, you know, we we do, you know, political leaders are accountable to, you know, the people en masse. But if you just think about what you can control as an individual, you know,
0: not... Not much. Not too much. <laughs> yeah,
1: not, not, not yeah. too much. And so that's where, like, uh, in the New Testament, there are different groups that approach, like, kind of the immovable force of the government mm. in different ways. So, like, you have zealots who um who do use violence yeah who do use violence to try to create a rebellion and you know gain independence from rome so you you know you have the zealots you have like essenes who Mm. you know uh totally uh disengage from society and go out into the wilderness and put scrolls in pots that we'll find in thousands of years thank you dead sea scroll community (laughs) Mm. no but but they you know they just disengage from society and uh And, you know, they they don't want any part in it, Um, which that's what the Dead Sea scrolls at Qumran, that's what that, or at least that's what's believed about that community for all those who don't know about that joke that I just made, which is incredibly nerdy joke. (laughs) Anyway, so you could like disengage, that's one option. Uh, Then you have like, you know, the Sadducees or Sanhedrin and the Pharisees who are like, okay, we're going to, you know, work with the governance as much as we can to try to uh, you know, redeem it where we can, but also just like, you know, stay true to our calling as, you know, God's people to, you know, be his covenant people. So it's like, there's there's all these different, you know, kind of, uh, I guess, responses to human violence. And I mean, right. specifically here, it's just the government occupation of Rome, you know, uh, but was it was gained through violence. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's all these different responses that we can have. Uh, and even in uh, Jesus's disciples, we see, you know, there's a zealot and there's a tax collector. So there's someone who is violently opposing the rule and there's someone who's personally benefiting from it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So even within Jesus's circle of friends, you know, there's these different ways to interact, which mm-hmm. I don't know. So so I think that's what the, you know, the Bible's there to help shape us into the type of people who can respond you know actively respond to these things uh but in terms of you know what we said in the last podcast you know what wars are just and you know i don't know who can not say? to say that you can't make comments on you know the guilt or innocence of countries i think when a country gets invaded by an, a stronger country i mean i think they shouldn't do that <laughs> i don't know that should not be a thing that happens anyway I don't know yeah. i what do you think
0: no, I definitely agree with that. I think the yeah at least at an individual level, which in many ways is what all all that we can be expected to account for yes right sure um the New Testament has very clear um directives um and obviously those things should shade how we interact as yeah, a community impact the community and, right
1: very communal uh, literature right but at the end of the day i can't make somebody want peace you know what i mean yeah, saying i can't yeah, control that
0: yeah and I, I think that's where i would have to leave it just because i don't know it gets into into um shady territory when you try to move beyond what we can you know yeah. Explicitly say the text is telling us this. Yeah, yeah. Because um, to try to do otherwise is to stretch the. We we talked about it in other episodes, right? We we try to make the Bible do more than what it was yeah, yeah. meant to do, and I think Agreed. we can do that with with a question like this. Well, people can do that when they ask questions like that. Right. Agreed. Yeah. But that's what yeah. I believe in.
1: Yeah. Same. Yeah. I, th- I think it's good to just end on. And I think we're gonna be talking about this in a later podcast, but. You know, people have used these things to inform their, you know, social political view on warfare in the past. Mostly used to legitimize violence, and obviously it's gone horribly. So I don't know if we should. I don't know if we should do that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right, great. All right. Well, tune in uh, next week for the next episode of our series. Yes. Till then. Thanks for listening and joining in on the conversation with us. If you'd like to support
1: us financially, you can do so on Patreon. It's just www.patreon.com slash questionsfromthepew. And if you can't support us financially, please give us a good rating or review on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on, and that helps others find our podcast.
0: Also, please comment and ask questions. You can do that by following and messaging us on Facebook or Instagram. You can also leave us a short voice message or text message at 312-725-725. 2995. If you do leave a voicemail, please keep it under 30 seconds or so and tell us your name and where you're from. We'd like to include your voicemail in our Q&R episodes, but if you prefer for us not to, just let us know and we'll include your question in another way uh, and without giving away your information. Same goes for any messages you send us on social media or through text. This has been Questions from the Pew, a podcast in the World Outspoken Network. To learn more about World Outspoken and its mission to prepare the Mestizo Church for cultural change, visit www.worldoutspoken.com. For questions from the Pew, I'm Riker Zalameda. I'm Lucas Manning. We'll see you next time.